Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Paul Calvisi joins me to talk. Mr. B, Bill Bidwell, the longtime owner of the franchise, announced as the newest inductee into the Ring of Honor. Very much deserved. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 581, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed it. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half a 5. He's in again. Some more Murray Magic. Wow. Here's Craig Grealoux. Mr. B, Bill Bidwell, the longtime owner of the Cardinals franchise, his name right next to his father's name. Charles Bidwell inducted into the Ring of Honor back in 2006. But Mr. B, week one, right out of the gate, season opener against the Kansas City Chiefs, the 19th member of the Cardinals Ring of Honor, and certainly well-deserved because, as we've discussed off-air, Paul, Mr. B, responsible for bringing the National Football League to the state of Arizona. If you have a bow tie, wear it. Wear it for the opener as they honor Mr. B, and and uh, fittingly so. Uh, you know, we, we did. We talked about it. And I don't think you realize the scope of the achievement in bringing the NFL to Arizona, bringing Super Bowls to Arizona. No one was more responsible than Bill Bidwell. And when we were at his funeral a few years ago, you heard firsthand from members of the family, those close to him, just everything that was involved in relocating the franchise, getting traction, getting the building, everything that went with it to now. I mean, think about it. Cardinals games, if I saw it right, this is the 10th straight year that Cardinals TV broadcast have comprised the top 10 most watched television programs in the Phoenix Metro TV market. So that just shows you what sort of traction and how they've resonated. But that doesn't define Mr. B in his entirety. You think all the, the charitable contributions, the existence of Cardinals charities, everything he did behind the scenes was zero attention or publicity, which we learned about after his passing. You think about his track record of hiring, diverse hiring in the workplace, the first African-American female executive in Adele Harris. I know my first year on the sideline, Dennis Green was the head coach. Rod Graves was the GM, the first African-American combination of head coach and GM to lead an NFL franchise. So you had all that combined into someone who there was no better historian of the game either. Football, the NFL, he basically he knew the, the 100 years of NFL football. And all you had to do was sit down for a few minutes with Mr. B. And, man, you, would, you thought you knew the game? until you heard some of the historical perspective he had as someone who was a ball boy in the NFL and 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 as someone obviously who um who who became into that ownership seat and then and now look his dad is a hall of famer Charles Bidwell yes so it'll be quite an honor to see those two names in the ring of honor again that is week 1 against the Chiefs Mr. B going into the Cardinals ring of honor and yeah great storyteller there are stories of him walking into where the media works at the facility, and you you know typically the owner walks in. Well, okay, we've got an opportunity to ask questions. You know, impromptu press conference. No, Mr. B would just sit down there and tell stories of back in the day and bend the ear of whoever was there, and it was. 
just great to hear perspective based off of what the game is now versus what it used to be when, one, he watched it with his father running the franchise and him taking over as sole owner. And then, once again, the relocation. I remember Michael talking at the funeral that moving to Arizona, Mr. B put it to a family vote. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, you're that's usually that's okay kids, we're going to Arizona. We're we're heading west. No, it was a family decision and that's what family meant to Mr. B and the just the enormity of that type of a move where you're uplifting an entire family, let alone a franchise. It's amazing whether it was a media room or it was uh, in the meal room on the road, and and when you when you're the visiting team and in the team hotel, yeah, just all the anecdotes you would hear. Uh, if Ron Wolfley was around, because Wolf was one of Mr. B's favorite players, oh, you'd get some great stuff from back in the day, and and how Wolf would lose his mind on a game day, and uh, <laughs> Mr. B literally wasn't exactly sure if Wolf was adjusted properly, and so you know there was all this, uh, just some some great stuff uh, in that regard. But once again, didn't do it with a lot of publicity or, or a lot of fanfare. And it really wasn't until his passing that you learned just the scope and magnitude of everything he had achieved as Cardinals owner. Away from the spotlight, away from the cameras, sometimes by himself, just going out and doing something around the community because he wanted to help. And you know what I'll never forget? I don't think any of us will forget it would be the NFC Championship game. And there he is up on the – and I think it was Bertrand Berry who handed him the trophy, the NFC Championship trophy, and the big smile on his face. Uh, The other snapshot that I just remembered from Mr. B, and I forget how far back I go, it was the 98 playoff win in Dallas. And I remember as a member of the media being led into the locker room and Mr. B was holding the game ball. The team had given him the game ball. And that was the other time I just saw him smiling from ear to ear. Those were the two moments, the NFC Championship and the playoff win in Dallas. No one gave the Cardinals a chance to go into Dallas and and get that win, their first playoff win in half a century. And so um, those those are just two great images. And and then we'll see. We'll see what it's going to be all about at halftime. Once again, it's it's BYOB, bring your own bow tie. to see if we can find one uh, to match you on the sidelines. <laughs> right. I, I, you know, you, yeah. I know you kind of dress me a little bit more comfortable on the sidelines, but we can't get you one of those uh, wraparound bow ties for you on the sideline. Sure. That'd be good. No, that's, absolutely. That's, uh, you know. So, yeah, that's uh, – and the schedule is amazing. It, the schedule – I mean, starting with Patrick Mahomes out of the gate, uh, look out. Even this preseason game coming up against the Baltimore Ravens. And they're 20, if there's one team you want to play at home in the preseason, it's got to be the Ravens. They've won 21 in a row, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm still amazed at that statistic. Yes, it's an NFL record, but how yeah. how does that happen over several years when you're just evaluating players? But it obviously means something to that organization. In fact, we had a chance to hear from Hollywood Brown on Wednesday, former Baltimore Raven. He's looking forward to seeing some familiar faces on the field on Sunday. But, yeah, he brought it up. They take the preseason seriously. Now, did they know – Back when this record started or this streak began, this is probably something just because when the media brings it up, it gets heightened, and then all of a sudden, hey, yeah. let's let's try to keep this going. Let's make it 22-23 and down the road. Yeah, if there's one franchise that just has their own blueprint and, and they just go according to their own culture, it, it's got to be Baltimore. They just – they just have a way of going about it, and, and they're not going to deviate from it. They have their own identity. They have their own culture, their own DNA. 
For example, I was talking to some folks on the sideline earlier today, and they're saying, you know, they're always known for massive offensive tackles. And again, you look at the depth chart, they just have massive dudes at left and right tackle. And it's going to be a really good test for the Victor DiMuchegis, the MyJ Sanders, some of these young edge rushers, the Dennis Gardeck. Okay, what do the Cardinals exactly have in that room? Great start in that department. Obviously, it's Cincinnati, but you're going against backups. Now you're going to get a little more stern test against the Baltimore Ravens. So you know where you're getting when Baltimore is coming. They're going to be physical. And, and, and to your point about evaluation, yeah, I think Cliff Kingsbury should get a good read. Now, it's going to be the second half of the roster. You're not going to see most of the regulars aren't going to be playing, including Kyler Murray, who it appears will not be playing a single snap in the uh, preseason. Now, a year ago, you know, and, and our Jim Mohundro looked this up to confirm it. Remember, he only played a few snaps. He went one of four passing for two yards. Remember that stat? What? Oh, yeah. I can't believe I forgot that was major that concern. Because we said that about a million times last August. And then what happened? Oh, they debuted at Tennessee, who would eventually be the number one seed in the AFC. And Kyler had four touchdown passes and had a passer rating of 121. So the whole consternation over one of four passing for two yards was complete waste of time by all of us. And Cliff Kingsbury knows that better than anyone. So to my point about Baltimore, knowing who they are and what they want to be, Cliff Kingsbury, I think, has a pretty good handle on where he wants this team to be and how to get there by the end of preseason. Well, the preseason depth chart for this game, too, there is no difference between last week's preseason depth chart. I believe you called it the upside-down depth chart. So those that didn't play last week will not play this week. The only one difference would be Trey McBride. The rookie tight end, second-round pick, he is going to play, according to the head coach. He's made some great uh, catches in practice this week, according to Cliff. And now it's, okay, you've done it in practice. How well do you do in a game, preseason or not, but his first taste of NFL action? And we know the kid is athletic. And and you can see how easily he catches the ball. He doesn't fight the ball at all. He is a natural pass catcher that you rarely see a tight end that kind of size. So how is he going to hold up at the point? Is he truly a dual tight end? You know, can he be that inline guy? Max Williams, when healthy, is the best uh, on the Cardinals roster in that department, but can he be a reliable cog? So when he's out there, it makes it that much more difficult for a defense to discern whether the Cardinals are running it or throwing it, make it a tougher tell. If Trey McBride can be that guy, and, and you're not going to know unless he gets into a full contact, full pad situation. Now, he's looked pretty stout in some of the tight end versus outside linebacker drills, but once again, that's not it's not a game situation. It's not going against a different colored jersey. So, yeah, I think all eyes are definitely going to be on 85 Trey McBride, and because if he can be that dual tight end, look out. You throw in Zach Ertz and Trey McBride with this receiver room, and uh, Cardinals truly have a lot of weapons. Now, with that tight end room, does that force the hand of the head coach? Because what has been the main topic this week is having those four wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, A.J. Green, and Rondell Moore on the field for the first time. We've heard from offensive players. We've heard from defensive players. Brown on Wednesday said, yeah, it was just crazy to see that kind of talent on the field. Now, it looked good. But now you got to execute, and that was the point Hollywood was making. Is like, yeah, we can throw all this talent on the football field, but it does nothing. It means nothing if we're not able to utilize that and actually move the football up and down the field against the defense. Yeah, and obviously you're not going to see it the first six games because DeAndre Hopkins and, and the suspension. So it'll give 
Hollywood Brown, and, and even an A.J. Green who feels much more comfortable in this offense in year two. It'll give Rondale Moore the ability to really define his new role. At least that's what we think. We think he's going to be much more of a downfield threat. He's going to be able to utilize a lot more out of his route tree. So those guys will get some their footing, and then boom, you bring in DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, it's going to be on a Thursday night game. No, he's not going to have any real official practice time. But if there is one player in the NFL who can play and perform without practice time, it is definitely DeAndre Hopkins. And then you are good to go with that Thursday night game. So, But it was interesting to hear Hollywood Brown meet the media and just with the Ravens coming to town, hear him talk about that he loved his time with the Ravens, his words. But it was about his happiness and I think his role. And then he went on and, and he elaborated. He said, you know what? At times, I just didn't feel like they necessarily needed me in that offense, which is a heavy tight end offense, a lot of 13 personnel, run first, run second, tight end third. Really, the receivers would be fourth in the pecking order. So you can understand why a highly talented speed receiver who operates real well in space like a Hollywood Brown, just probably felt it wasn't a great fit. And he's seen what has happened here this offseason with his fellow wide receivers getting contract extensions. He knows he's next and needs to perform this season, and then maybe this time next year we're talking about an extension for Hollywood Brown. It's on his mind. He's not making it a big deal, but it is something that he understands. Like, look, you know, they were drafted ahead of me, so, yeah, they're in position. My turn – perhaps is coming it's just a matter of when and and what's really intriguing is that speed in space because no offense in the nfl space is out of defense like cliff kingsbury remember going very going way back to year one of cliff's offense we liken it to the golden state warriors spreading the floor and getting that passing game going and in the spacing well that's ideally theoretically what cliff kingsbury wants to do especially when they're in 10 personnel and they have those four wide receivers out there something that sean mcveigh and the rams have done very well obviously over the years but even when they you know cam turner the quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator was on the big red rage last week Gree, and and he said we major in 11 personnel we major in one back one tight end three receivers. So especially minus D-Hop, that's going to be Hollywood Brown, Rondale Moore, and A.J. Green, and then we'll see who else fills in there. So Hollywood Brown's going to get a lot of reps, and I asked him about just the state of his chemistry because obviously he hasn't been on the field a whole bunch with Kyler. They both missed their share of time at Cardinals camp. They're not going to get any preseason game action together, and it didn't seem to matter much to him at all. Greg Dorch pointed out how – Instantly, the other receivers could tell the chemistry that exists between those two best friends, Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown. Not only do they have that, they have their years together at Oklahoma. And I do say years. Yes, Kyler had one year as a starter in Heisman, but they spent a couple years together on the scout team. And so they were a combo there. So they really have three good seasons under the belt. QB and receiver have been able to look at each other, make that eye contact, know what adjustment or route needs to be run or made. You know, there's hand signals between them. So from all indications, that chemistry already exists. That's the plug-and-play aspect of this trade that the Cardinals hope nets big rewards right out of the gate week one against Kansas City because if you would add a rookie receiver in here highly talented but around one not only is he learning the NFL he's learning the offense he's learning the quarterback that sort of learning curve does not exist between Kyler and Hollywood Brown quoting Hollywood on Wednesday with respects to his relationship with Kyler 
I know him. He knows me. And it's basically that simple. Now, that's the hope that we all anticipate seeing on week one. And, of course, you throw in D-hop not until week seven. But, yeah, there is a lot of excitement as far as that wide receiver and the offense and what potential it could happen this year. Hey, the night before the game in Cincinnati, we may or may not have been at a local steakhouse downtown Cincinnati and may or may not have seen the quarterback and receiver out to dinner together. So, yeah, they spend a lot of time together. They are legit really close friends. By the way, since you had such you know, a good time in Cincinnati, I can say this uh, very clearly here, that I am glad that Sunday's game is nationally televised because your voice will be back on the pregame <laughs> for those two hours on the pregame huddle. Yes, four and a half hours is one thing, but uh, I, I, I could use a little assistance, so I'm glad that preseason game number two, there's some national television. So Passion Wolf will be in the booth. You'll be on the sideline, and uh, more importantly, you'll be part of that pregame show. Well, you did a heck of a job. I'm surprised you have any voice left, to be honest with you, after you know carrying Rob Fredersen and Kyle Vandenbosch, those two extra-large bodies, for four-plus hours in the pregame show. So at least somebody was had put in a real full shift on a, on a preseason game. It was definitely uh, Craig Grealu. And, yes, the sideline's going to be awful crowded. I'm going to get a reminder of what it looks like when 90-plus players are on an NFL roster. There's not a lot of room to roam on a sideline. Cardinals and Ravens kick off at 5 o'clock on Sunday. 1.30 is the pregame right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Mamahundro. For Paul Calvisi, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.